Hey, hey, it's GMAC for Loren McNabb and Brett McGarry, not on the program today. We hope to have Brett back tomorrow. Chris Scott is president of Winnipeg's Amalgamated Transit Union. What is it going to take to keep transit operators on the job in the aftermath of a strike mandate and strike vote? Humbug! You know the sign on Route 90. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's not going to be raised in its normal location this holiday season. But which Winnipeg business is stepping up to make sure the humbug continues? And much music is coming to town, a documentary, an inside look at the history of much music. Monica Diol will be there. Monica also joined us on the start this morning to talk about much music and what to expect at tonight's movie premiere. That much else coming up. It's a start on demand. Let's get right down to business. It's a Monday morning on the start, 680 CJOB, Greg Mackling, Loren McNabb, Brett McGarry off today, Mackling and McNabb with you through until 10 o'clock and Loren on Friday, we were at St. Vitale Center bright and early. I don't know if I've ever been to a shopping mall that early in my life, even when I worked in a shopping mall <laughs> once upon a time. A privilege to be a part of the toy drive for Christmas cheerboard here in Winnipeg. And it was uh, an example of the very best of Winnipeg for the last couple of days. So thanks to everyone who came down to say hello, donated new uh, unwrapped toys and and food Cash and money. And all sorts it was of money just, was coming in. It was wonderful. We'll 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 look to get some details as that event wrapped up late Saturday. Uh, but the very best of our city for a couple of days, and we were privileged to be a part of it. It's always nice to see the good because you know inevitably we're going to have some bad to talk about, right? And so we want to focus on all the good things we do for one another and the way we step up over and over again. As Manitobans, we're often known as the most charitable in the country, according to our tax returns. And then you see the fact that, you know, in, in a number of different events we've done over the years with our radiothons and all the rest, we're, we're shattering records for fundraising. And so watching people donate Friday and into Saturday over the weekend was wonderful. But then Sunday, we wake up and we learn that in the wee hours of Sunday morning on Langside, there was a shooting that left three people dead, two in critical. So many unknowns with that story, but it's heartbreaking because there's families' lives that will never be the same again. And then there's, of course, the questions as to what went wrong, what happened there that night that led to the deaths of three people, again, two in critical. The odds are that we might hear more about their condition later today. What happened? It fuels all sorts of conversation, speculation, unease. That neighborhood, of course, has been a redeveloping neighborhood over the last several years. I know when I was little, that was a part of the city that you didn't really go to, Mm -hmm. uh, Langside in particular. But, hey, one of the most... It was ranked one of the top 50 bars in all of Canada in 2022, Langside Grocery, not like steps away from where this tragedy happened. You've got a private school, Balmoral School. You've got all sorts of redevelopment and reinvestment going on in that neighborhood. It's like I say, one of those communities, West Broadway, that had a reputation for a long time, maybe still has a little bit of a reputation, but has started to reinvent itself. And so we wonder about the psychology, the feeling that it gives folks that live in that neighborhood and in the broader community, of course. And when you nail down to the individuals and the families involved directly in this, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. I think it was 25 years ago, at least, actually it'll be a lot longer than that, that I lived right on Portage Avenue. I spent a summer living with my grandmother at the Lions Place, which is right at Portage and and Langside and Furby just down the street. And so there were many nights that summer where you would see police activity because, as you mentioned, it unfortunately just was a place where criminal activity took place in and around Langside, in and around Furby. I took a drive past the crime scene yesterday because I was already downtown with a friend and I was curious just to see where did this take place and what are we talking about, apartment or house or other. It was a multi-unit complex and 
police were really busy and, and they're expected to be there all day yesterday because of just the nature of that crime scene. And I was curious because I think too often when we hear an address, we sort of throw our hands up in the air and say, ah, yeah, well, of course, but not of course, because it's everywhere. It's, it, if it's your neighborhood, it hurts. And it doesn't matter where it is and it doesn't matter who's involved. And we, again, have so many unknowns. But when it's your backyard and you wake up in the morning and your mom and dad or single guy, whoever you are, and you hear that five people have been shot, you have every reason to be concerned but also wonder what's going on because we've heard about gun violence being on the rise. We've heard about the use of guns, guns coming across the borders, guns coming from all over the place. So there's so many questions, so many things we still have to ask about. But right now, you can imagine people in that neighborhood are just hurting for what went wrong. We are working to cover this story from several angles throughout the day, so keep it locked here on 680 CJOB. And, of course, your feedback at 204 Seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight and Loren, this news came maybe forty minutes after I had sent to you a top potential topic of conversation today. The Globe and Mail releasing its list of most livable cities, and Winnipeg was right near the top. In fact, it was rated as the number one place to raise a family. And it's a fascinating turn of headlines, right? When you have uh, the death of three people in a shooting, and then you talk about how livable Winnipeg is. To, to raise a family. And I and and when I saw that headline, I thought that makes sense to me. Sure. It makes sense to me for a number of reasons. One, I think affordability would be high. As unaffordable as life feels right now, when you compare it to other major cities, we still do really well in terms of the cost of activities. Like whenever I talk to siblings about what it costs to put their kids into swimming or hockey or any of the, uh, the activities, we're still lower. Our housing is still lower. What I think makes the most ease for so many parents as as much time as you spend in your car, Greg. <laughs> yes. I don't think we have a hot clue about how much time we might no. be commuting in our car and taking our kids all over the place if we lived somewhere else. It would it would be hours upon hours versus what we do every day. Yeah, I had a sneak peek at that spending a week in Hamilton and just the drive from uh, Toronto Airport from Pearson to Hamilton during rush hour oh. when we arrived. It was like, wow. And then you have conversations with people and they were, uh, they had a transit strike that got solved a couple of days before Grey Cup. And you were hearing stories of people who simply could not afford to go to work because they would take a taxi or an Uber and it'd be $40, $50 each way. And if you're making $20 an hour, it all, it, it didn't make sense. A lot of people were actually calling in sick for work because the, the, the transit strike. So, uh, Lots of things to celebrate here. Speaking of transit strikes in Hamilton, we've got a situation here with the ATU here in Winnipeg. Yeah, they're not happy with the latest offer. They've rejected it. Not marching towards a strike just yet. That could come at some point in December if things aren't resolved. But today, today, you will expect transit disruptions because they are telling drivers don't take any overtime. And overtime is a big reason why this bus system continues to work as it does in the city, whether you think it works well or not. They rely heavily on overtime already. Well, now drivers are saying today they're not taking overtime. What could that do to your commute if you're a bus rider? We'll have more just after 7 with the Transit Union. Mackling and McNabb with you on this Monday morning. The clear sky uh, is having a little bit of an unintended benefit here this morning. Uh, looks like a, a full moon. I have to double check the calendar and see if it is in fact a full moon, but it sure is in the western sky, bright and white, uh, sitting high above the city of Winnipeg this morning. It's Mackling and McNabb with you on this Monday. And we also want to tell you, it is full moon. moon? Yeah. All right. I believe so. That's, I, I don't know if this website, you know, you just Google something and sure. now I'm just disseminating information without double checking where it's coming from, but Yes, full moon, November 27th. Okay, very good. So uh, coming up this weekend, Can Add In's Winter Wonderland gets underway at Red River Exhibition Park. A much more dependable bright light than <laughs> waiting for the full moon. That'll go on throughout the end of the year and into January out at Red River Exhibition Park. So in our next segment, we will tell you how you can win a vehicle pass for this annual rite of passage, this annual celebration or you can choose tickets to see Serena Ryder at Club Region Event Center. That's our morning contest conversation. We'll tell you the topic about that in just a few minutes time and 
We'll also tell you this morning, what is the status of the Baugh Humbug sign and a crossroads for transit operators here in Winnipeg. But we do have to begin this half hour with our top story of the day, Loren, and it's a shooting on Langside early Sunday, which has left three people dead and two others critically injured. Winnipeg police say a man and a woman were pronounced dead at the scene, and then three additional victims were found and taken to hospital in critical condition. One has since died as a result of injuries. Catherine Dornian reports on what police know so far. Police have been here on scene for most of the day here on this street in downtown Winnipeg. Earlier this morning, officers found five people who had been shot. Three of them have died. An adult male and an adult female were pronounced deceased at the scene. Three additional victims were located and transported to hospital in critical condition. One adult male transported to hospital has since succumbed to his injuries. A man and woman remain in hospital in critical condition. Police say the victims' identities are still being confirmed and they don't know yet what the relationships between any of them may have been. Police also wouldn't confirm which building the shooting happened in, but have several residences taped off as they investigate. Due to the complexity of the investigation, forensics will be on this scene for an extended period. Police have not reported any arrests and are asking the public to come forward with any information they may have. Anyone who witnessed anything suspicious in the area or anyone with video surveillance is asked to contact the homicide unit or Crime Stoppers. We're certainly very saddened to provide this information today where we have uh, multiple lives lost, but we're certainly committed to uh, determining exactly what took place and we'll provide those details again as the investigation unfolds. Police say this investigation could carry on for weeks or possibly even longer. We did ask if the shooter could be among the dead or injured. They haven't ruled it out, but they say it is too early to confirm. Back to you, Colleen. Catherine Dorian in Winnipeg. Thanks, Catherine. So many things we don't know about the shooting, right? And, and they were all outlined there by Catherine, largely. What was the motive? Was it gang-related? Police couldn't say. What about the suspect or suspects? They couldn't say whether or not they may be among the dead or at large. Still working out so many details and said we can expect more in the days ahead. The details are important, Craig, but I think so are the motions many people are feeling. And Sarah outlined what both the mayor and premier had to say about this violent, violent act. But there's the people in the neighborhood. There's those who are directly connected to the victims that lives are forever changed. There's people who would have woken up or been awoken by a gunshot sounds and thinking to themselves, is that what I just think it it was? And and then discovering the next day, yes, it was. There's the police tape that goes up and you're trying to take your kids out for a walk or go to a sporting event or do whatever it is on a Sunday morning and having to witness that. And then the idea with so many unknowns, it's hard to know where to take it in terms of, well, how do you fix this? Except for we do know at the very least, at the very, very least, statistically gun crime is on the rise in Winnipeg and in many parts of Canada and that's at the very least one thing we know that is cause for concern. Yeah, Winnipeg police have been warning us about that for several years now, that gun incidents and and arrests with regard to guns and crime with guns associated has been on the rise for several years in our city. And for me, it's just that overall sense of community and, and where we live and security and comfort and where we live. We have had the conversation far too often about crime in our city, where it's going, what is at the core, what's the source, what do we do about it? It feels like it's an almost overwhelming issue for our community, for our province. And I don't know, Loren, I feel as though there are very few, very few solutions on the table right now. It feels like we're treading water here and that that things continue to not get better but to get worse and i i i don't want to be a downer but i have to be honest this morning it's just another one, another example of just when it feels as though you might be able to turn the corner on one issue another issue comes hits you smack in the face and goes yeah you know what just when you thought maybe winnipeg might be able to be doing some different things i feel some positivity on several fronts, but the crime issue, it's been pretty quiet with regard to homicide for the last few weeks. And then something like this in the broader sense, just not great. I was looking up this morning, trying to figure out when was the last time we had this many people killed in a single criminal incident, uh, particularly with a gun. I went back to 2010. You might recall that Halloween Boyd Avenue shooting when three people were killed that night. So that is one incident that came to mind, but I, I couldn't I couldn't 
think of another with a gun involved where that happens that quickly. And the reason why, you know, we talk often about like all weapons are concerning without question. You know, no matter what is used in a crime is deeply concerning when it happens. But when you hear about a gun and how quickly that can change an entire event, whether whatever was happening there that night and into the wee hours of Sunday morning, pulling out that single gun and, and in a matter of seconds, potentially, you could have many lives taken. That's where you start to think, what if? And then who, who when that gun goes off and ha- depending on where it was fired, who else could have been potentially a, just a bystander? I, that, when you, that's where you start to get worried when you think about the increasing prevalence of guns on the street. Yeah, and the circumstances. We know, as you've heard, in the report this morning, you're hearing in Sarah McCarthy's news all morning, police um, telling us very little. Uh, is it because they know very little or is it because they are unprepared to to tell us an incomplete story at this point in time? We'll be pushing for answers. We'll be looking for the answers to all the questions you have. How are you feeling about this this morning? This is uh, an emotional conversation This is something that hits the fabric, the core of our community, whether you live in the West Broadway neighborhood or somewhere else. How does it make you feel about your city this morning? What can we do about it? 204-780-6868. We're going to try and lighten things up. Well, we will lighten things up on the other side of weather information. We're going to find out what is your hidden, your secret talent What could you dominate in if it was an actual competition? We'll tell you why we're asking that question in just a few moments. It is a start. Mackling, McNabb, McGarry off today. Check out that full moon to the west. It's absolutely glorious. It may help raise your spirits on this Monday morning. So we have some musical chairs happening this morning. In fact... I think all the chairs have moved and left sitting in her normal spot. The only person in their normal spot this morning is Sarah McCarthy delivering Global News at the top (laughs) of the bottom of the hour. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Ross Levitan on sports in for Cameron Poitras this morning. Good morning, Ross. Good morning, sir. And uh, we would have heard your lovely voice all weekend uh, doing the sports in the mornings and I just wanted to give a shout out to Jim Toth and Hal Anderson for stepping in this weekend Kevin Bergen was away this past weekend concert chaser Kevin Bergen oh is that what he was doing yeah I forget what band he went to Vancouver Uh, though because it was his kid's birthday right I saw it I was trying to figure out who that was on his social media feed Depeche Mode was it Depeche Mode wow that would have been a good one and that's the voice of Tyson Ruicky in for (laughs) Jeff Forche today and no Brett McGarry this morning (laughs) and no Brett so there you go so now you're all set up now you know who all the voices are what's going on this morning on this Monday morning have you tuned in to an alternate universe radio station you have not this is the start on 680 CJOB and I want to ask a question of Sarah McCarthy Sarah Mm -hmm. have you seen a the TV show America Ninja Warrior. I have, yes. What do you think of that? I love it. I I couldn't do it, but I love watching other people do it. <laughs> so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I met a young man here in Winnipeg who went to Edmonton this weekend for the second year. He's competing in Canada's Teenage Ninja uh, Warrior Tournament. That's very cool. And so we're going to catch up with uh, Lachlan later on this morning and his mom. They're still in Edmonton. We'll find out how Lachlan did in the competition. Uh, but that TV show, I love it also. And so Loren and I were talking about what we were going to discuss this morning. And you thought, Loren, maybe we could jump off literally from the Ninja Warrior <laughs> competition and uh, talk about maybe our hidden talents. Well, I think we all at some point in our life attempted to be good at Something, and not just our work or our jobs, but you know, you might have taken piano lessons and thought you were pretty good, or guitar, or you played hockey, or you have a sport you really liked. And then, of course, you realize you were nowhere near as good as what it takes to to actually make it anywhere. But there are all sorts of things I think we do in our regular lives that if it were a competition, like an actual thing you could compete in, fill in the blank, what would you be the potential Canadian or world champion of, you know? Okay, so it's an imaginary competition. You can create the competition. Well, there is a Guinness Book of everything. Well, and that's true. Absolutely. Like Good point. People who because grow out their th- nails really long, so they dangle on the ground, and they're like seven feet of nails. I mean, they're in the Guinness Book. That's a really <laughs> Good point. If that's what you're good at. If that's what you're at. Or if you want to create a competition, <laughs> something you think you dominate, here's your opportunity. Tyson Rewicki, let's begin with you, young man. Well, I'm kind of cheating because I have two, but I, and I'd 
in my head now, I think it could be one of Hold the best. Hold on, you think you're so good at so <laughs> many things that you could only narrow it down to two? Du- dual world champ in table tennis, ping pong. Oh, no the, way. I'm, oh, yeah. I, I think I think anyone <laughs> no in the office, way. I could give anyone in the office a run. Okay. And then we golf. We golf. We oh golf. Gosh. Oh yeah, that one. That one. I know that it, it's not even close. Not even close. Are you an actual good golfer? Oh, n- not really. But you, like, yeah. you figured out the system with the we. Oh yeah, me and my brother. We used to just we played it for hours and fi- found the perfect win. Found the perfect power for each win speed. It's it's kind of it's kind of freaky. We, yeah, we, we that shot. sounds like way too much time spent. Oh yeah, it's it's not a good use of time. But <laughs> I, no, are you? I have a question because I know with the baseball one, I saw, sort of learned a trick as opposed to doing a full baseball s- swing, sort of a wrist action, and mm-hmm. so it, it kind of, uh, pardon the language, bastardizes the the uh, the the event. Is this what you've done with the golf, or are you actually? Like golfing with that Wii remote. Oh, you find some some loopholes. Uh-huh. There, there, there's a couple shortcuts you okay, take. Okay, you're cut off now. Aww. Sarah McCarthy. Mine, I don't think will come to a surprise as anyone, but there, it's kind of loosely based on this game show that does exist called Name That Tune. I don't know. I okay. think it's still running. I don't know if I could do it with all songs, but most most songs I think really? I could. In like a note or two, but as, of course, specifically like any Taylor Swift song I oh. could name, like in one note. I love this. Like it, so in our neighborhood, we do like an annual get together and my husband and one of the other neighbors, this is their thing, Sarah, you should mm-hmm. come sometimes, where we just sit around with uh, the phone or the speaker, whatever, yeah. right? Play a song, and whoever can guess it quickly. There's no prize, just the pride of your oh, yeah. just knowing. But it's incredible what some people can do. Mm-hmm. Like I know I, you could play an entire song that I say I like, and I wouldn't know the name of it. <laughs> Are you prepared to do this on the spot? I don't think so. Oh. I don't, and now I'm nervous. <laughs> oh. Tyson, cue up uh, <laughs> not uh, not the top most popular Taylor Swift song, but something in the middle. We'll get back to Sarah, okay, see how she okay. does here. Levitan, what about you? I've been infatuated by the show Chopped for a number oh. of years, and I think I could do do all right. I don't know if I'd be the world champion, but I could definitely get past the appetizer phase. Okay, for people who don't know, what would what does it involve? Okay, so it's a cooking show where yeah. there's four contestants, and after each course, someone gets chopped. You have the okay. same ingredients, you have a certain amount of time, so it's, right. you're up against the clock, and you have to be creative, you have to be able to execute. And four course, course, five course, how many courses is this meal? Four, so after four, the appetizer, okay. one person gets so chopped, after the entree, four people? and then after the uh, dessert. But you're saying you're a good cook then. I think I'm a pretty good cook, yeah. Interesting. Okay, what would your go-to appetizer, forget that if, if there were no restrictions on Well, then the it wouldn't be chopped. Understood, understood. <laughs> but if you had one that you would pull out of your Out, out of my of bag pocket, of tricks? Yeah, bag of tricks, yeah. Okay, well, I have to think of what would, would be easier to execute, too, in a, in a timely manner. Sure. Yeah. I think I get some, some some phyllo pastry in, in the mix there because okay. you can move it pretty quickly. Maybe a little feta cheese in there. Um, I'm a big fan of, of like the sweet salty mix. Mm. So I'd probably do like, I don't know, like a little berry coolie, something to open up the palate. He's talking the talk. He is talking the talk. Phyllo well, pastry. Let's <laughs> set it up. Oh, so do you make your with. own? Not for the pastry. No, no. Because no. it's basically, it's just like a little like Pillsbury. sheet. You just buy, no, no, you just buy these little sheets. I, yeah. They all, they all <laughs> crumble apart. But uh, I think I get past the appetizer. Okay, phase. Uh, just because I'm not always in this chair, Ruwiki. How much time do we have here? A minute left. Well, we, got, we got about a minute. Okay, I want to go head to head with Ruwiki. That's who I want. <laughs> in a ping pong or yeah. we golf or, or chopped. chopped in chopped. In chopped. We, we could. We, let's do all three. Hey, why, do, hey instead of a knife, instead of a knife, there actually is one of those shows where you, you're able to like give a, give someone else like something else to cook with. For example, if they took away our knives and like you have to use ping yeah. pong paddles <laughs> instead of knives. Okay. Tyson doesn't know how to cook. He spent his entire youth learning how to master Wii golf. That's, that's, that's <laughs> he a learned lot of nothing beside the golf. No, okay. I, think I'm, I think I'm bang on here. It's incredible that he can even do this job as well <laughs> as he does based on the amount of time he spent at this stuff. Okay, so Loren and I were, are here all morning, so we can share ours in a moment, but we do have to test Sarah. Have you got something oh. lined up here? Yeah, Tyson? J- j- just the just, beginning? Just, uh, just give us like... like uh, two, three seconds. Yeah. Is it on debut? I can't answer that. <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> Is it on debut or speak now? I think it's a you don't de- even know. De- debut. You don't even know. <laughs> what is this? A spelling bee? Country of origin, language of origin. I know that song. What is it? That's 15, isn't it? That's 15? correct. Bang! Oh! oh, you just got chopped. 
<laughs> you just got shot, McCarthy. Let's go. That's too much pressure. Taylor Swift super fan over here. Too Who's much pressure. Super fan now. Ross Levitan, I okay, guess. Okay, Ross, you back tomorrow? Yes, I am. Ruicky, are you back tomorrow? Yes, sir. Oh, no. Sarah, you'll be here tomorrow? <laughs> well, you can redeem yourself okay. tomorrow, Sarah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll do it one I more may time. Be, I may be sick. All right, gather your, <laughs> gather your pride. Get a sip of water, water Sarah McCarthy standing by. Global News is next at the top of the hour, and then we'll talk transit in Winnipeg. It is the start. Mackling, McNabb with you. McGarry is away today. Hope you're having a fine start to your day. Monday morning with Mackling and McNabb. McGarry is off today. Hope you're having a fine start to your day. We have uh, all sorts of bases to cover on the start this morning. And one of the conversations, uh, it's our top news story. Let's be honest, Loren. And we've uh, asked for your commentary, your thoughts on, on the tragic shooting in West Broadway neighborhood yesterday where five individuals were shot. We can confirm at this point that three have perished. Uh, at last report that we've received, two are in critical condition. And we had talked earlier in the last hour about the idea that you might hear, you know, when you hear a location of a crime, people have perceptions or they have stereotypes they've attached to it. And when you heard Langside, did you immediately think, oh, well, that has been home, that street, to all sorts of different activity in the past but it's seen in massive changes. I, I had said I drove down there yesterday. I was curious about the location of this. And and it's uh, like a half block. They're shooting from Langside Grocery, which was named one of the top bars in the country uh, just last year, which is a really cute place. There's all sorts of different development going on. And Kent texted to say that he grew up in Charleswood and moved to Eastgate, which is this in and around this neighborhood, in 97, raised my family there and seen firsthand the change on West Broadway. Kent says families have moved in, businesses have opened up on Sherbrooke and others. He says they walk up to Langside Grocery and other restaurants and businesses regularly and will continue to do so. Kent says what occurred was tragic, would be in any neighborhood. It should not be a condemnation of the area. He says, I want to better understand what occurred and what's being done to control handguns. This is a good, safe neighborhood, and I will continue to live here and support my community. Kent, cannot thank you enough uh, for you sharing your thoughts. And those thoughts are very eye-opening, uh, very uh, very important message that you're sharing with us this morning. So keep your comments coming as well. We want to uh, find out your hidden talent. If there was a league or a sport or competition, what would you dominate in? We want to know from you, 204-780-6868. But we start this hour on the bus, and you may already be seeing this out on your commute this morning. Additional delays or even cancellations to your bus ride. And we know delays have been sort of part and parcel of transit for months now with people complaining that their route is often not serviced as well as they'd like it to be. We know there's a big staffing shortage. But on Friday, the union that represents transit workers in Winnipeg, they voted against a potential contract agreement. There's a strike mandate set for December 12th. But ahead of that, the union has planned labor disruptions with a no overtime rule for drivers starting today. And transit already relies heavily on OT to fill many of its shifts. So what's going on? For more, we're joined by the president of the local transit union, the Amalgamated Transit Union, Chris Scott. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Let's talk about the contract first. What's behind the no vote? What didn't you and your members like? Um, well, there are, there are several issues, but it predominantly stems from how they feel they are treated or and supported, or I should say lack of support. Um, uh, the job has changed drastically in the last few years. Um, with the escalation of violence in the service. Um, the members have seen moderate improvements to security, but those were also uh, pushed greatly by the union itself. The installation of the shields was expedited due to our actions. Um, the additional in- inspectors on the streets that were supposed to uh, be dealing with unruly passengers uh, was pushed by the union. And the potential upcoming transit security team was another uh, initiative pushed by the union. And in addition to that, the um, guilty until proven innocent uh, style of management that the membership experience has upset them. We narrowly averted the strike last round of bargaining. um, And, you know, we're in the same boat. My membership doesn't feel that anything 
in the broader sense has been addressed. What would be in the language of that contract, sorry, Chris, that would change the way you feel then? Is it that you want to feel the support via more money or is there an actual line that would it you know make you feel better in the wording that would give your members a sense they're being better supported? Or is it more just in the actions you're seeing at City Hall? I think I think my membership needs to see the actions. They've been promised uh, a lot of things over the years, uh, obviously since I started way back in 99. And they've had their heart broken so many times. Um, they can't just take the word of uh, of transit and the city that things will improve. Um, the, the the department has deteriorated exponentially in the, probably the last eight years or so, and it's astounding that council hasn't said what is the problem. Why why can't we attract retain uh, employees? Um, and and even in the latest news, the amount of eligible um, retirements that are slated to happen in the next five years. We find more and more people are uh, leaving at their eligibility or in some cases even before their eligibility because they can't tolerate what they have to deal with on the road. Chris, we've got a couple of things you want to get to. In 30 seconds or less, can you just outline, if, I, if I'm a full-time bus driver or, or transit operator, what is the likelihood that I'm working a split shift? Because some people see the wages being paid and think they're, yeah, you know, they're pretty good. But the lifestyle isn't maybe what people imagine. Well, if you're an operator, you're looking at about 60% of the workforce uh, runs split shifts during the week. That's um, And that can be up to 12-hour um, spread of the day from start time to finish time. And in that time, you're only actually working seven and a half hours. That's a lot of family time that, that's lost. And with that, uh, while working that time, you're stressed because of your inability to maintain the schedule. Um, over the years, the, the running time has got uh, become less and less. So operators are forced to drive ever faster, which makes the service unreliable to the public. And we don't want to see that. We want to see the service improve. So, Chris, what's happening today? You know, what what could the impact be if drivers refuse overtime? Well, it it'll be a very far-reaching uh, effect. Currently, there are uh, DNOs, which is did not operate, with the amount of overtime that our members are putting in. Um, our latest figures indicate that last year they spent almost eight million dollars on overtime just in the operations department to keep the service on the road. And we suspect that probably 20 to 30 percent of the service that's out on the road is compensated at overtime rates, whether it's uh, double shift or coming in on your day off to work it. Our, my membership are committed to putting the service out, but they're being burned out and stressed out because of the work environment. Chris, we got to run, but is this just action for today only or will we see more tomorrow? Um, we will see it uh, going on through to the potential uh, strike date um, unless we can reach an agreement that the membership finds satisfactory. All right, Chris Scott of the Amalgamated Transit Union of Winnipeg, thanks for the time. Thank you very much. More of your text messages at 204-780-6868. Transit, uh, the, the, the shooting, uh, death, the uh, killing of uh, three individuals, uh, two in critical condition, our top story this morning. And uh, what are you really good at? What could you dominate if it was a competition of your choosing? Yes, Loren, the beaver full moon, the November full moon is dubbed the beaver moon. Do you know why? Because it... Because beavers build their dams when this moon comes up or something? Very close. They start sheltering in their lodges, according Mm -hmm. to the old farmer's almanac. This is also historically the time of year when beavers would be trapped as part of the fur trade. Interesting. Yeah. So there you go. The beaver full moon in full effect over western sky this morning. It's absolutely brilliant. It's bright. And it's Mackling McNabb. It is the start. McGarry returns. Well, we're not sure. He's off today for sure. We know that. And uh, 9.35. Were you, are you a Mac- Yeah, you didn't grow up with a ton of TV. You didn't have cable TV we as a kid. We didn't have cable, so I wasn't super into much music. But I do recall the much music dance party. Remember the video dance parties you could organize? Like your school Absolutely. could bring in the big screen. And yes. then you would be able to have the dance 
with the music and the video playing, that mm-hmm. was a really big deal. But no, I, I then and now, I'm not much on the music video. I like to just listen, not watch. Uh, the Bah Humbug sign. We know it's a big tradition. This would mark 50 years of the Bah Humbug sign. But if you travel Route 90 regularly, you know that the apartment building, which normally displays that sign, is cocooned right now in a, in a gigantic white vinyl wrap of some sort. The major uh, construction project going on there. But, Loren, we have some news that may excite Many Winnipeggers. Well, one of the Winnipeggers whose family is responsible for keeping that humbug sign on St. James alive all these years reached out to us to share some information of what they've learned. And it won't be in its incarnation as we know it, but it, there will be a humbug sign coming to a location very near there. Maybe you. So we'll share more after nine. Right on. In about 90 minutes time, we'll get the details on that. And in about an hour from now, Jim Toth will join us. We'll talk Jets. We'll talk Jacob Truba and Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, the controversies around those two players. But we start this half hour talking Ninja Warrior. There are several TV series which have the ability, Loren, to distract me. I'm easily distracted, but they, they, they can reel me in. But, you know, when I'm flipping around the dial or the guide, most of them are sitcoms. Some of them are classic sitcoms. Some of them are bad sitcoms, but I cannot help myself. And another series, if it's on, I don't record it. I don't seek it out. But if I trip upon American Ninja Warrior... I'm all over this. Have you seen this competition program? I've seen, I've, I think I've, I've passed it, like, you know, going through the channels. But this morning I had to double check to make sure I knew what you were talking about because I was just thinking ninja is in like the ninja warrior in the movies or something. This is really like a, an obstacle course where you could be swinging from rings, going bar to bar, uh, jumping, leaping, all sorts of things. It looks supremely challenging, fun, and potentially painful. So if you're familiar or unfamiliar, we're going to introduce you to the fact they now have a junior Ninja Warrior competition on TV. And as I learned a couple of weeks ago from our next guests, there are competitions here in Canada. This past weekend, Edmonton played host to Canada's largest ever ninja competition. The Canadian Ninja Warrior Championship races the featured athletes from across Canada, including Lachlan McGuinness. Good morning, Lachlan. Hi. And we say good morning to Lachlan's mom, Corey Lee. Good morning, Corey Lee. Yeah, it is Lachlan Roberts. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much for the correction. I don't know where that name... I just uh, read the prompter, like uh, Ron Burgundy yes. here. So, no worries. There is another Lachlan that competes with us as well from Winnipeg. Got it. Okay, so Lachlan Roberts. Lachlan, how long have you been training and competing in Ninja Warrior? About three years. How old are you? Eleven. So how did you get into this? Um, well, let's just say, um, my mom was randomly scrolling down, <laughs> and then after she said, do you know what parkour is? I said yes, she was surprised, and I started to join SMC for parkour, and then I guess I got introduced to Ninja Warrior. Parkour. Now that's a word that usually Lorraine gets very excited about because it reminds her of The Office. They have the parkour episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you know that one, Lachlan? Yeah, I watched a YouTube video after the <laughs> class, and everyone else was like, parkour! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lachlan, tell us a little bit about like your training your training regimen. How much time do you spend on this? And, and tell me a little bit about, about where you train. Um, so, normally I would train about every week and for an hour something like that, and where I train is kind of just side of Winnipeg and this place called SMC Stratus Movement Center. And what kind of, what kind of things can you do there at that, at that center? What kind, of, what kind of events do you train for specifically, and what kind of apparatus do they have there? Well, they have lots. Well, it's hard to say now that you say that. Um, Sometimes the trainers will set up um, runs that they can run through so they can do climbing through bars. There's a wall climbing. There's chin-ups. There's lashing from one bar to the next bar. Uh, There's a wharf wall that they have to beat that wall, that kind of stuff. Mm. So when you watch your son do this, Corley, like what are some of the benefits that you've seen as he sort of moves through this competition? Because 
I think we can all agree just having your kid move is a good thing, right? Sports are always a good thing. But what specifically about this have you enjoyed watching him do? Um, I find movement is really crucial for young kids always. And we found this place and it's been definitely a huge help for us. Um, It's brought his confidence up. He's realizing what he's capable of. He's been a kid that could walk it nine months old and we would go to the parks and he would be climbing ladders and stuff before age two and people are like, you're going to let him do that? I'm like, yeah, I'm just here to support him and be underneath him. And then so once we found this, it just seemed very suitable for him because he would climb the walls anyway. So now he had a place (laughs) where he can climb and do that freely. And my daughter calls it dangerous fun. So it's, it's fun, but dangerous in a safer environment because they teach you how to fall properly, how to roll properly, how to do flips properly. So there's less impact and dam- chances of damage, but damage can still happen. Corey Lee, it's Greg here. And um, just talk about what it's like to, to watch Lachlan compete and and to, to do as well as he did. Like, I understand that he was uh, 25th place for all of Canada for his age group, yes? Yes, this is correct. Um, you jump up and down and you get the butterfly feeling and you, you want to cry because you're so proud of them. Um, it's just a big whirlwind of emotions for him and his fellow teammates because like, we cheer them all on and it's like they're all your own kid. That's so cool. 10th place in head-to-head competition in Lachlan. Top Manitoban, is that correct? Yeah. In his age category, yes. Yeah. Some great competitors, yeah. Fantastic. So how are you feeling on this Monday after your after your competition? Are you sore? Are you excited? A little bit of both? Um, I'd say a bit sore and a bit of excited. When you're doing this and you're competing, Lachlan, what's, do you have a favorite in terms of like when you see a certain type of equipment out there, it's the thing that you know you can do really well? Um, There's several things I know I can do really well. Like the lachets, I can do about at least the six-foot lachet. And What's a lachet? Do you mean like just like the bar going from bar to bar? Yeah, you can go bar to bar or bar to an obstacle, like a moving obstacle type one. Uh, okay. I challenge any adult out there to try that. I don't, don't know, Corey Lee, if you've done joined in with them. At the gym, but when I've tried... I can't do it. Yeah. My shoulders can't handle it anymore. It's hard. Like, I don't even know how the kids are doing it. It's, it's quite something else. And so, Lachlan, what do you want to do next? Like, do you have big dreams of doing this for several years to come? Um, not really, actually. But I do hope to be a trainer and oh. help other people succeed to do this. What other sports do you compete in, Lachlan? What other sports do you like? Not much. Um, kind of hockey and baseball-ish, but that's all I'd say. Well, you should be very proud of, uh, of your dedication and how things went this weekend. Super proud of you, buddy. Well done. Okay. Okay, well, travel home safely. Corey Lee, thanks for this. We appreciate you making time for us. It's uh, 6.45 where you are right now, so an early morning. So uh, once again, we thank you very much for bringing us to our attention, but but most of all for uh, painting a, an incredible picture of what the last weekend's been like. Thank you, too. Okay, Corey Lee and Lachlan Roberts in Edmonton at Canada's largest ever ninja competition. He did very well. I didn't even know this this movement center existed in Winnipeg, so now I'm looking up their open gym times. Like, kids would love this. I'll get hurt, but... Hmm. What would you dominate at? Lachlan has no shortage of confidence. In this? In any of these movements? I, I don't think I could do any of it. I mean, I could, like, I'd try. No, you- it's super cool. We want to start this hour with a sign that's been seen by tens of thousands of drivers every single year for decades. But people who drive Route 90 north of Portage might be feeling a little humbug over the missing humbug sign that has lit up a St. James apartment building for some 50 years. The issue is that the building on the west side of Keniston is undergoing renovations. It's wrapped in tarp or plastic or whatever you want to call it. There's no place for the sign to hang. At least that's what we thought. This morning we have some news to share about where something similar 
might make an appearance. Before we get to that, we say good morning to the family that really got this humbug tradition going. Sid Farmer, hello. Good morning, and thank you to OGC and to CGOB for doing all this. That was a great introduction, too, about the hum- about the uh, Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was your dad that first put up the sign, correct, Sid? How long ago? Yeah. Well, my dad first put up the sign in 1973. They moved into the block. Actually, they moved into the middle block in 1973 on Queen Street, and his brother-in-law, Art, made the sign for him, put in all the lights. And from that day on, my mom and my dad would put the lights up every year, go up there whether it's hot or cold, and wire it all to the building. And about five years later, they moved to Asbury Place, and there the sign stayed until 2002. At that time, my dad got sick and had to leave the, leave the building. So I was in the process of uh, cleaning out his suite, and the caretaker at that time asked if he could keep the sign. And I thought, sure, why not? This is where it belongs. The city of Winnipeg can see it. So I left it with the caretaker. I'm not sure whether it's still the, still the same caretaker there or not, but that's where the sign is today. And every, every day uh, from... 2002 to present, somebody's put it up for us. So my dad would be so honored and thrilled that it's, that it's gone this far. I, I want to ask, you know, you, you mentioned about the tradition carrying on, despite the fact that your dad moved out and then has since passed on. He wasn't a Grinch, though, right? I, we were, your parents oh. sort of, this was more for, for the fun of it. Absolutely. He was the furthest thing from the Grinch. He, he loved Christmas, loved presents, his grandkids, his kids, all the food that went with it, his family and friends. Oh, he, he was the furthest thing from humbug. But he, like, to your point, he just wanted something different. Okay, so the sign can't go up this year. You were a little bit worried, as I understand, Sid. So did you reach out to someone or someone reached out to you? Tell us what happened next. No, actually, uh, I had several several people contacting me through Facebook and friends. And what's happened to the sign? What's going on? And then uh, yesterday, the day before, Tim from One Great City got a hold of me. And he gave me the news about them building a new sign. I, I was honored. I'm thrilled. So this is wonderful news. All right. Well, let's welcome into the conversation Tim Hudak. He is uh, one of uh, uh, one great uh, brewing company. Uh, he's one of the owners there. Tim, good morning. Good morning. So uh, this, is a, this is a big deal. Like for, for many people in Winnipeg, the Christmas season simply does not start until they've spotted that sign at least once. Fair to say? Yeah, I, I think that's accurate, and I think, um, you know, as, uh, as Sid was saying, I thought it was only 49 years, but it sounds like this is actually the 50th year, so, um, you know, we, we, we wanted to make sure that we were going to hit that milestone and keep that alive for people. All right, one great city brewing company. What are you doing, Tim? Um, so uh, our our brewer actually took the initiative. Um, he he built his own version of the humbug sign. Um, we uh, We wired it up this weekend with the lights, uh, and then he's installing it on the roof of our building today at 1596 Nest. So not, you know, not quite as high and not exactly the same location, but, you know, uh, hopefully it's at, at, uh, at least honoring and uh, continuing the, the tradition so people can see it uh, throughout the holiday season. Tim, why, why want to get involved in something like this? Like if, if for some, if you're on the outside, you know, you're listening from another city, you might think, oh, what's the big deal? But so many people can connect to that sign and it, it doesn't maybe even feel like the holidays until you see that sign along with a couple other traditions in our city. What major you guys want to get involved? So, uh, I mean, we can we can see the sign from from our building. Um, you know, it's it's something that sort of glowed down on us since since the very beginning, and um, you know, it's it's something that we we know means a lot to a lot of people. A few years ago, we did um, a humbug beer uh, honoring it, and that's when I first met met Sid and and learned the whole story. <laughs> Uh, we're doing another humbug beer this year, uh, and then we reached out to the building asking them, you know, where it was going, when it was going up. Um, the, the property managers told us they weren't able to put it up this year, so that's when uh, our brewer undertook the initiative to put it up. And you know, like you say, people uh, they see it; uh, it's a sign of the holidays for them. And you know, uh, we didn't want anybody to be missing it this uh, this holiday season. Sid, you sort of touched on this ab- about your dad and and the fact that he wasn't a Grinch; he wasn't. Uh wasn't anybody who didn't like Christmas. He loved it. What would he think of all this hullabaloo about his humbug? Oh, he'd be, he'd be thrilled beyond belief. Like, he he would have no idea what an impact his sign has made on the city of Winnipeg. He, he would be honoured. It's just, you know, it's just, he couldn't believe all, everybody that's getting involved is unbelievable. Humbug is sort of a word you use to say, oh, humbug, like it's not a good thing. But in this circumstance, you sort of almost changed the definition of the word itself, Sid. A hundred percent, a complete turnaround, yeah, from not liking Christmas to loving Christmas and everything in between. 
Well, a merry humbug to you, Sid. Oh, thank you. Very much. <laughs> and you and all the people at OJC, too. It's, uh, thanks for doing the interview. It was wonderful. And my dad would be, again, be, he'd be honored. And a happy humbug to you, Tim. When does the, when will we start seeing the lights? Uh, you're going to light it up uh, during the day? Or you're going to wait for, for uh, sundown? No, we're, uh, we're putting it up today. We're lighting it up during today. Um, our brewer's been in contact with Sid, so he'll be there for the uh, sort of the christening of it, the inaugural uh, lighting of it. So, yeah, it'll be hopefully a little bit of a mini celebration. What time is that if people want to, you know, uh, be in the area for when it happens? They're, they're constructing the, the base of it right now. Um, they've told me it'll be in the next few hours, but uh, unfortunately I don't have a, a tighter timeline than that. No problem at all, Tim. It's a moving target. Uh, shoot us a text uh, if you happen to know uh, as we get closer to that, that light switching on. It, it is a big deal, and uh, good on you for, for stepping up here in a year that is unusual, and a big year at that, the 50th anniversary of the humbug side. Well done, Tim. Thank you, Sid. You're more than welcome. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you, guys. Take care. 914, once again, one great city brewing company stepping up. I love it. Getting involved, putting a smile on people's faces. I have to try that humbug beer. I think that's a mandatory. I think we should make it uh, an outing. Yes. Okay, let's pencil that in. Good morning, guys. If this was world championship worthy, I'd be ranked number one as a procrastinator. Why do today what you can do tomorrow? For some reason, tomorrow never comes. It's always today. It's good. Lots of people would say that. That was our question this morning. Fill in the blank. If you were going to be the world champion of anything, something obscure, mm-hmm. what would it be? That's for a chance to win. So what's going to happen here? We're going to reveal our winner. They get to choose between... Canada Inn's Winter Wonderland Vehicle Pass at the Red River X that starts this weekend or a pair of tickets to see Serena Ryder at Club Region Event Centre on Friday, December 8th. Cindy is one of our, uh, well, she was close to being one of the contenders because I can relate to this. Cindy says, I believe, and my husband can vouch for this, that I would be the grand champion of losing, misplacing my phone, glasses, or keys. Okay, so I've gone to the point where I have an air tag on my wallet. Mm-hmm. So it will actually it will guide me like right to my wallet. And then uh, unfortunately right now I'm working with two phones and uh I can find one of my phone like each of my phones from from the other. Oh, I by see. By making them play a sound. I I need this for the remote. <sighs> the remote just goes missing. It's weird we- like you're only watching it on the couch. Or How is there not but a button? An air tag for the remote. Or just a button on the console, on the PVR. Of the TV. Whatever. You just press it and then your remote just sings a little song. Why is that not I'm a thing? Over here. Yeah, that gets misplaced all the time. Mm. And the places it gets found, mm. like in the pantry, in the fridge, Way in someone's down room, shoved underneath the couch. So, yeah. Cindy, thank you for that. I think a lot of people can relate to that one. Speaking of couches, I perfected the task of sitting on my couch at home and not going anywhere during the pandemic, says Curtis. Now I am a world-class athlete at this task and absolutely love it. Curtis, you neglected to put quotation marks around the word (laughs) athlete in your text, so you've been disqualified. Okay, here's our runner-up. I love this one because just pause and think about this for a second. There's... Often in most washrooms, there's no window. I know a lot of the new homes, you have windows in them now. You have big, bright spaces. But generally speaking, this listener says, I have been showering in complete darkness for 30 years. I hate the light first thing in the morning. So I think I would be the fastest to complete a shower (laughs) in complete darkness. I know exactly where my soap, shampoo, and conditioner are. Or if you're old like me, my cream rinse. Cream rinse is good. Think about that. You have to be know where the, the bottles are because sure. you, you'd know right away if you pick the conditioner over the shampoo. Would you? Well, once you put it in your hair, you'd know. But then you'd have to do it all over again if you mixed up the order. That's a really good point. So that's our runner-up. Jackie asked me to put a, a dimmer switch on our bathroom when we did our renovation about six years ago. I said, for what? Are you kidding me? Best thing Ever. It's too it's too much in the morning sometimes. Way too much. And so, not to mention if you're in a a suite where you're sharing the bathroom with your partner. Yes. You might go in there at three in the morning. That's right. right? Exactly. You just need a little bit of light just, to find your products, your make your whatever you're putting on your face, 
and you don't need that bright light shining right on your your partner. So. I need a glasses in the shower so I can tell the difference between the conditioner and the shampoo. But Bill is our winner. Bill's text came in earlier. We read it for you, but this is our champion text. You asked what I could be the best at, and I believe a pilot. Uh, twice in my life I have landed in an airplane and never once ever had any formal training in manning aircraft. I've done it twice, and to the surprise of an instructor and the surprise of another pilot, he could not believe that I had no formal training. I was able to land a Grand Caravan on floats, and the other time was a Challenger aircraft on the runway. I think if I had formal training as a pilot, I would have had quite a career. Congratulations, Bill. You get to choose between Canad Inn's Winter Wonderland or Serena Ryder. And then our other listener, uh, nameless a texter so far, uh, will uh, get uh, what Bill does not choose. Is that clear as mud? Got it. Perfect. Oh, yes. Loren McNabb. Telling us the uh, memories, sharing the memories of the Much Music Dance Party at Minidosa Collegiate once upon a time. Do you know my stepbrother used to be the DJ that went all over Manitoba with that for like no. three, four years? Well, maybe he was there. So we were talking last week about songs we didn't realize were cover songs. And Sarah McCarthy, because she's much younger, hadn't realized life is a highway. Was Tom Cochran's song? Well, I can still vividly remember my Much Music Dance Party, grade nine. And that was the hit song that year. And that video, which was not a great video, got played over and over again at that day. There are uh, lots of bad videos, let's be honest. (laughs) But there were some incredible ones as well. And uh, we were talking about other iconic things, uh, Canadian, this one more specifically, Winnipeg. The humbug sign will be uh, will be. Re-released, it's being recreated on the Wing Great City uh, Brewery on Ness Avenue later on today because it can't be hung in its original location. One of our listeners chimed in to say, I was just listening to the story about the humbug, the humbug sign, excuse me. Does anyone remember the ho-ho-ho sign that used to hang on that same building? And our listener concluded that I always thought they were competing against mm. each other. So. 204-780-6868. Humbug and ho, ho, ho. Do you remember them both? Share a story with us. But we kick off our final half hour of the morning. Our studios sit at one of the most iconic intersections in the country, Loren, but we're 30 floors above street level. Can you imagine working in the space where the Bank of Montreal, the BMO is right now, with the windows to Portage and Maine? Would you be able to... To handle that? Yes, I always, that's why I think there should be more patios right down there. Just all the things you can watch and the people going by and the comings and goings. And at night gets more lively, of course, because people are either going up the streets to a Jets game or to one of the many concert venues uh, down the street on Main. And so tonight at the Centennial Concert Hall, it's the Manitoba premiere of the documentary, which looks at the history and legacy of much music. With unprecedented access to Much Music Archives, 299 Queen Street West tells the story of what really was a scrappy television upstart from the perspective of its VJs. There weren't any studios. You did the shows inside of the workspace. I realized at the beginning there was nothing that we wouldn't do or play. There was no script. There was no direction. There was nothing like this in the world. The very first time I walked into the building, it hit me like, I need to be here. I was this kid who was this huge fan. Now I'm here, now I'm a part of it. It's just talking about it right now gives me goosebumps. It was live TV and as soon as that shot was over, it was halfway to Mars. You could never be so far removed from the audience because they were right there looking at you. Former Much Music icon Monica Diol joins us now. Welcome home, Monica. Hey, hi, how are you? Doing well. Do you remember the humbug sign on on Route 90? 
Um, you know, I don't because I, I didn't live out that way ever, to be super honest, so I don't. Well, honesty is a great uh, quality that we love to bring to this program. So before we get into the, the movie and the Q&A tonight, our cracked research team confirmed what, what I had always believed to be fact. Uh, Manitoba, just a super big part of your, of your history, right? Absolutely huge, yeah. I was raised on a grain and dairy farm uh, in Bozier. I went to university in Winnipeg. Um, I was a DJ at Broadway's in the Hotel Fort Gary while I was at university. And I uh, started a, a band, a live, um, well, obviously a live band that uh, played all the bars in Winnipeg and Western Canada. So, yeah, huge, huge part of my history. Yeah, Broadway's uh, a, a little bit of, the, of my history as well and saw you perform uh, over the years. So so what, what's it like to be uh, to be back in the city celebrating this this format that, that gave you a national platform? So, you know what? You're not going to believe this. I'm actually standing in the security line at uh, the Vancouver airport. Uh, there's a huge delay in the lineup here. So I'm not there yet, but I just spent two weeks there um, with my mom. I love Winnipeg. I have a lot of family there, a lot of friends. Um, I'm always thrilled, always thrilled to be there. Before we get into the documentary itself, I'm just curious, you know, when you look back, you know, growing up uh, for some of my vintage much music, which is such a huge part of coming to know and love the, your favorite bands or artists, but to be mm-hmm. part of much music. What was that like when you look back now and you reflect on that? You know what? To be super honest, it was magical. It was a time. It was a time in Canadian television that uh, that will never happen again. Everything was live. Everything was kind of uh, kamikaze, if, if you can put it that way, very rock and roll. Um, we did everything and anything we wanted to do. No one told us what to do, how to do it. Um, it just kind of went on air and you were yourself. That's uh, quite the open book for, you know, yeah, really when there's no rules. Happened, did happen. Yeah, you, know? you, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Did you get yourself in, in trouble from time to time? Uh, every so often there was a moment where I thought, wow, really, are we doing this now? <laughs> Live on national television? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that did happen a lot. So as you're putting this documentary together, what was the impetus for it? Whose idea? How did it come about? Okay, so this was uh, a film made by Sean Menard. Um, he is a young filmmaker out of Toronto, and he put the whole thing together. He got access to uh, much music. Um, like that I haven't seen since we were since we were there. We were told, a lot of the on-air people and the people who worked there at the time, we were told that all those tapes have been destroyed. It's all gone. Uh, turns out it's actually been kept in warehouses somewhere in Ontario by uh, Bell, and um, he got access to it. So he put the whole thing together. He contacted all of us, uh, people on air, people in production, and basically did this in a very interesting way. It's almost like going to a concert. Like if you come tonight, you'll see it's almost like going to a concert where you're in this hall with hundreds of people, and it's like you all know the words. You all know the songs. You all know the personalities. And so it's not like going to see a movie. It's like going to a concert. People are like clapping and laughing and cheering. Um, it's very cool because our interviews are all voiceovers. You don't see us in present time at all. What you see is everything from much music as it aired live. So it's actually very cool. It's like being there again. Well, and of course, uh, much music has spanned ge- several generations in terms of its impact and it being on in the background, you know, at all hours yeah. of the day and night. And so uh, when I played softball in particular, uh, Steve Anthony was uh, who I channeled. Most people thought I looked like Steve Anthony. And so I tried to, you know, bring a little Steve Anthony to my wardrobe every once in a while. But then as you got later, later on in life, like the VJs changed, the personalities changed and so the impact is different depending on your your generation and and which of the vjs you connected most most with absolutely and they address that in this film um i was there during what i call sort of the golden years um where uh we got a lot of attention like you're absolutely right people identified with us people um people just got us and we got them we were 
super connected to our viewers right across the country. And I think that changed once it went out of Moses Neimer's hands uh, and it went way more corporate. You know, Bell got involved, uh, Rogers got involved, all kinds of huge corporations got involved. And that's when things got a little more uh, to be more of a numbers game. It wasn't of a personality game. Well, you know? it, it wasn't just even just about being on TV. Like I lived just a couple blocks south of where the studio was. And you, if you walk yeah. by on certain days on Queen Street, you would there'd be artists performing inside. There'd be huge crowds depending on what the draw is. So you weren't just like talking to the camera all the time. There was an audience that was out on the yeah. street cheering for you. And so if yeah. you look back at some of the, you know, talking about being at the heyday, not just for the culture there, Monica, who are some of the mm-hmm. artists that stand out for you that you spoke to, interviewed, oh you know? So, so many, so many. Um, you know, not only people that you interviewed, but people that were just in the station because it was such an open environment. Mm-hmm. We were all in the same place. I mean, you know, seeing Tupac Shakur um, and hearing what he had to say, uh, public enemy. Um, oh my God, just everybody. Like, I, there isn't an artist that didn't walk through those halls, to be honest. Movie stars, because we had uh, the City TV news channel going live we had much music we had movie television we had fashion television like you would see cindy crawford walking in you know you would be sharing the makeup room with tom cruise um it was just it was a completely open accessible environment and they all knew that like all these huge stars knew that that they'd be sharing a makeup room with whoever was running on air to do their next show you know uh, nobody was that special well Lots of familiar, you know? <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, I know what it's like here when we get certain individuals in, in our radio and TV studios. I can only imagine what it was like. Monica, what can we expect this evening? Uh, tickets still available. Just go to the Centennial Car- Concert Hall website, centennialconcerthall.com. But uh, for the question and answer a- after the film tonight, give us uh, the 30 second and uh, give everyone an invite. No, you know what? Um, I would just say it's really like going to a concert. It's uh, it's the the movie is done really well. Uh, a lot of interviews that um, I mean, everybody from ACDC to Nirvana, uh, really interesting interview snippets. And I would say the Q and A afterwards is going to be. It's been hilarious. It's been emotional. It's crazy the stuff people ask us, and we're totally open to answering. So it's like. Don't be afraid. There's no question we won't answer. Outstanding. Who are you bringing with you? Actually, tonight, um, David Kynes, who is also from Winnipeg, um, who started out at much behind the scenes and ended up being the vice president. So we're doing a bit of a different angle. Um, it's me from On Air, and it's David from the whole um, production and uh, why, who, what. Uh, we're both Winnipeggers who went and kind of uh, became a huge part of much. Well, Monica Diol, a huge part of uh, many of our youths, uh, some younger than others. <laughs> and so we appreciate you uh, giving us a, a preview of what's to come tonight at Centennial Concert Hall. Congratulations on on all of this, and we'll, we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hopefully see you tonight. Centennialconcerthall.com if you want to see that documentary and the Q&A following. It should be fascinating stuff.